All right. Almost had an interruption, but we pulled it off. The wife got out of the room. We, this is placebo. We did it. We, we kicked the wife out of the room because she was walking in right as you clicked Come record. On, man, we got to have some safe spaces here. It's this Placebo That's Journal right. podcast number four. Vance Lassie is going to do the story today. And it's about a patient that got hurt on, a, on an isolated island. Is that correct? Yeah, that's a, that's the way I recall this story. Uh, if, if memory serves, this is a long that's time ago. Good medical stuff. Good, and is what would happen when a patient gets caught on an island, and and fucks up his an island his with knee. no services, no electricity, and a huge thunderstorm, so you can't leave the island. Go ahead and tell it. Why don't you tell it? Because all right, the so patient I'm read, is this you. Is, I'm reading the story. Uh, okay, the patient but, is me. I'm reading the story. Okay, go. So this is from. Uh, all right, everybody. This is the placebo journal we're reading from today. This is the. What's the uh, color? October Pick it up, 2010. This Pick. is the uh, a dose of authentic medicine. This is when you first came up with the term authentic medicine. Okay, yeah. Did the editorial about authentic medicine. It was the tenth year, tenth anniversary episode, or gotcha, or tenth year, or whatever it was. It's October 2010, volume ten, issue one. Okay, a true story of medicine, and it's called my summer vacation with Doug. <laughs> All right, over the years that I have been writing for the Placebo Journal, I have somehow managed to specialize in self-depreciation. Our readers have read about my appendectomy, my coroner call on my dead and rotting neighbor, and of course my scrotal MRSA cellulitis. That's another story we got to give at some point. <laughs> That's another good story. <laughs> Photos of me have been in the journal on a toilet with my pants down, sticking my tongue out about eight inches, wearing a purple wig, wearing lederhosen, and dressed in not but a Speedo. I'm not complaining, but even as my one-year-old daughter knows, nothing is as funny as watching another person get hurt. Exactly. By the way, that one-year-old daughter yeah. is 14 years old. She's a Great. freshman in high school. <laughs> so in order to – we're old, man. So in order to continue this pattern, I decided to share the following story. Our esteemed editor, Doug, the, quote, king of medicine, end quote, lives in Maine. I live in Kansas. Subsequently, we don't exactly get to hang out much. Months ago, I was invited to a two-day conference, which was coincidentally being held in Maine. I was able to figure out a way to vacation with Doug a few days after the classes were done. After being picked up by Doug's wife, Debbie, and hanging out with him in his office for a few hours, we loaded up on supplies and headed to the coast of Maine. Our vacation plan was to spend a few days enjoying the beauty of coastal Maine on a beautiful island owned by, Doug, owned by Doug's friend, Doug, and his wife, Erica. Let's call him Other Doug. Other Doug is the talented musician responsible for Don't Leave Us Behind, the Placebo Journal's theme song for healthcare reform. On an island without any electricity, we were able to spend some time off the grid, floating on their boat, hiking, swimming, and kayaking. Other than trying to keep Doug's dogs away from other Doug's cats, life was quiet in this great outdoor paradise. But that all changed when Doug's two teenage sons challenged him and me to a game of wiffle ball. <laughs> Doug's, Doug's family has a sophisticated set of rules worked out for the particular venue, a small meadow, and they play barefoot. The grass was still damp with morning dew, and it felt good on my bare feet. Doug and I took turns pitching, easily holding off the skilled but overly confident teenagers, both at bat and in the field. <clears throat> Several innings in, I was warmed up and getting the hang of fast-pitch wiffle ball, a sport to which I was new. I had one of Doug's sons on a full count, so I went for the old fastball. I wound up through... <laughs> Doug, Doug, you're 
laughing because I'm bringing back all the memories. I know. <laughs> I, I wound up, threw, and stretched, and as my outstretched left foot landed, it slipped on the wet grass, and my already fully extended knee immediately hyperextended under my weight. A loud pop and crack accompanied some seriously intense pain. My knee hyperextended and subluxed, which means that it actually bent the wrong way for just a second. This, by the way, is even more nauseating of a sight when it's your own leg. As a kid, I jumped off the roofs of farm buildings playing Superman. I played basketball competitively since eight, I was eight. I played football. I even been snow skiing on difficult moguls in the Rocky Mountains nearly every year since junior high. I've ridden my mountain bike down a hill we called the Trail of Death, ridden four-wheelers off erosion cliffs on the Kansas Plains, and countless other dangerous and stupid activities. But at the age of 34, on that fateful day on a main island without services, 1,700 miles from home, I sustained the worst injury of my life, playing <laughs> wiffle ball. <laughs> I now, like I said, I, I, uh, I, I specialize in self-depreciation. I now know that it sucks being a doctor when you get a bad injury because you know what is happening as it happens, which eliminates the, quote, maybe it's just a sprain hope that's the lay, that the lay public often enjoys. When this kind of thing happens, you think fast and time seems to momentarily slow down. Before I hit the ground, I knew my ACL was gone. I was already angry about the fact that I was going to have to have surgery, pay a small fortune in insurance deductibles, and miss some work. I was going to miss a year of basketball and other sports that I enjoy, and I knew that months of physical therapy I didn't have time for were in my future, and I hadn't even hit the ground. <laughs> I had even time... I, I had even time to realize I was going to be the butt of wiffle ball jokes for eternity. And you were. The only thing that I, <laughs> and I still am, the only thing I didn't know before I hit the ground was how in the world I was going to get home, let alone get off this island. After I hit the ground, the pain really hit me and I started screaming like a little girl. Actually, even the weakest little girls have nothing on the way I was carrying on. <laughs> Weak little girls would have felt sorry for me with my pathetic display of wussitude. I didn't want to, but I felt like if I didn't yell, my head would explode. Although I can, in retrospect, think of a physiological mechanism by which not yelling from lower extremity pain would cause spontaneous head explosion. I also immediately realized my fibula was fractured and that I had messed up the peroneal nerve because part of my leg and part of my foot had gone numb. Meanwhile, as I sat screaming like a hyena, everybody started <laughs> Everybody started laughing. <laughs> and we should stop the reading here and, and say there were we had like a peanut gallery, like yeah. Debbie and I think your daughter. Was your daughter there? Pro yeah, and then she, Doug's I think family. She was there. Everybody was there. And Erica and they had like lawn chairs and they were watching this game. So all right, so I, so I'm on the ground and they all start laughing. So all right. Meanwhile, as I sat screaming like a hyena, everybody started laughing. Seriously, they did, and I don't blame them because A, I'm always doing something stupid for a laugh, and B, I would have laughed at me and see who badly injures themselves playing Play wiffle ball. ball. <laughs> of course, just as quickly they knew something was wrong and they gathered around helplessly watching me carry on. After the adrenaline and endorphins kicked in, I could talk and I could quit my screaming and I asked for an ice pack and sat there being disgusted with myself and wondering if the pitch had been a strike. <laughs> this in the this in the weirdest part of these kinds of in, this is the weirdest part of these kinds of injuries. After the initial screaming and all, everybody still sat there awkwardly feeling bad for the klutz and wondering when he'd get his wimpy butt off the field so the game could continue. Luckily, my body would allow none of this seriousness despite my brain's commitment to it at the moment. 
I farted. <laughs> In retrospect, I should have laughed very hard at that moment the way I'm laughing now as I write this. It probably would have made me feel better. Of the kid, One of the kids caught it and started to chuckle and was shushed by an adult because it was still too early to laugh, <laughs> even at a fart. I wish I... I wish I laughed at that. Anyway, we'll laugh about it now. Better late than never, better out than in. Doug and other Doug got me up in a lawn chair and an ice pack so I could watch the rest of the game. Luckily, they have a propane freezer slash refrigerator there on the island, so I had some ice, although I think the rest of the company had to do without ice in their drinks for a couple days. I took some ibuprofen, but after a couple of hours, the pain was really getting bad, so Doug called in some painkillers for me. And just as other Doug was going to take the boat to the mainland to get them, a huge storm came up and it started raining and lightning like crazy. Now I remember that. That was a crazy, like it was a big thunderstorm. It was nuts. There was no going out on that boat. The thunderstorm kept on well into the night. So my pain control options for the evening became ibuprofen and light beer. This seemed like an acceptable alternative to prescription narcotics, given the lack of other options available, until about four hours later when I remembered that despite its medicinal qualities, beer is still mostly water. So when my bladder couldn't take it anymore, I found myself stuck in a weird situation. I sat in a big one-room cabin with 10 other people, and the only facilities were outside where it was raining and lightning like crazy, and I didn't know if I could stand and bear weight on my own. Was I going to have to ask for a urinal? Would they have to sacrifice a kitchen container? Fortune favored me, and I discovered I could bear some weight, so other Doug made me an excellent temporary crutch out of an old broom handle, and that was enough for me to get going, and I hobbled outside in the rain and found the outhouse. The next morning, I watched another wiffle ball game from the cabin deck and even made my way down to the dock to watch the boys trap crabs and lobsters and watch the dog fight with the crabs, which was amusing. One of the dogs has an injured leg. For all of you Forrest Gump fans, his name is Forrest. And I think he felt for me. So Forrest and I just spent the the afternoon laying around on the dock in the sun, enjoying the beautiful scenery and weather and wishing our legs worked better. And this is where I should put the picture of me and Forrest because it's a cool picture. Can you guys, let's see here. There, can you see that pretty good? Okay, there, froze a little bit. Oh yeah, there it is. Gotcha. Yep. There's Forrest. Yeah, right, I, so I may put Forrest that in later, out. but yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that evening, Doug and I loaded up, filled that prescription, and headed to his house so we could get me to the airport the next morning. Other Doug's temporary crutch had reached the end of its lifespan, so Doug got out a crutch left over from one of his old knee injuries. The problem was that Doug is over a foot shorter than me. Some would say he's a dwarf, and so his crutch was way too short. The next morning, Doug (laughs) dropped me off, said goodbye, called me a huge wuss, and told me I had better write the story up for the journal. I went to work the next, and I did. I used that tiny crutch on the on the on the airplanes, and everybody was laughing at me because the crutch barely came to like above my waist. <laughs> okay, I I went to work the next week and was in surgery four days later, which happened to be the eve of my thirty fifth birthday. The surgery center booted me out as soon as I could maintain my own airway, bottle of oxycodone in hand, and I say that again because you, you, the last the last thirty seconds. Oh, the last fifteen out? seconds. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Did I get the part about uh, you dropped me the, off, called me a wuss, and told me to write the story up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the plane, and then uh, you, when you went to work, oh, yeah. go ahead. Okay, so uh, I went to work the next week and was in surgery four days later, which happened to be the eve of my 35th birthday. The surgery center booted me out as soon as I could maintain my own airway, bottle of oxycodone in hand. I eventually figured out proper doses for the pain meds, and I don't really remember my birthday. 
Not that I wish injury on anyone, but maybe next time I vacation with Doug's family, he'll lose an eye playing Yahtzee or something, and I will finally have heard the end of this wiffle ball ACL business. By the way, the pitch that did in my knee was a ball and the batter walked. After I got situated with an ice pack, Doug finished the game single-handedly, and we still won 12-4. to Fuck yeah. Editor's note. This is the part that you wrote at the end. Editor's note. This story is all true. The fun, the fall, and even the fart. And I still laugh about them all. Uh, abs- to this day, dude, we still talk about this story on the island. I talk about it with you. Um, it's fucking hysterical. Uh, but bad. I mean, listen, I walk down memory who- lane. As a guy I had two ACL surgeries and seven knee surgeries and now a knee replacement, I know the the pain, so I can I can empathize with you. But um, yeah, and we heard the pop, the pop of the fibula. That was crazy. I mean, that was everything was Dude, like that was, was like the a fibula shotgun. was worse than the rest of it. The meniscus, yeah, the meniscus and the ACL. I don't think were as bad. The the fibula, the top of the fibula was like comminuted fracture. It was like nine little pieces at the head of the fibula up there. And you know how when they do orthoscopic wow. surgery, they put your knee in all these like unholy, you know, angles to get in there with the scopes. Doing that, I think they just powdered what was left of it. And my pain the first two days was all the fibula pain. And I mean, it was, I gained a significant amount of empathy yeah, for these surgery patients with broken fibulas because it hurts so friggin' bad. Oh my God. And you still have numbness? Yeah, I still have nothing still on the, the uh, medial half of my, yeah, the medial medial half of my left foot, uh, first, second, and crazy. third toes, crazy. and most of the fourth, and the ball of my foot are totally numb. I could drive and I could drive and nail through my big toe, like, uh, like, uh, uh, is it Big Dad? No, what movie is that? Deeds, <laughs> the, the character in yeah. Deeds that yeah. uh, what's his yeah. name plays. You got the yeah, I can empathize. I can empathize with you and patience. My, you know, my my right hip was replaced so that knee that whole area of my thighs numb i can and then my knee is um you know all none from the replacement there so i mean you can you can stab me i can be put no i wouldn't feel a thing yeah Yeah, hey man i'm sorry that we talk about that go ahead go ahead sorry go ahead yeah well we talk about it all the time and yeah go ahead you freeze can you hear me you can hear me. Yeah. So, I, 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 um, yeah, we talk about it all the time in the island. We still laugh about it. And uh, you you actually sent in a medical case for them later on. You forgot to tell us that. You, uh, uh, the the, the uh, supplies, medical supplies. You sent a oh, toolbox yeah, yeah, full of right. medical. So I forgot about we, that. I, yeah, because we... the next year I made a, uh, like, a really nice big, uh, like, first aid kit that was loaded with everything you would need for that island. Because I'm like – that won't happen again. Next time something happens on an island, you'll have everything you need. And so I, everything happens on an island. Uh, not but a year or two ago, Erica, they were playing some game where you knock a bottle off a stick with something and, and it hit her in her face, split her lip, lip open, went into Vance's box and numbed her up. And I sold her up there on an island. So you have yeah. come through. Yeah, you have come through. Um, but yeah, that's a, a story because every time I go, I go to the island, I go every year. I don't live in Maine anymore. I live in Virginia, but I still go every year and I go into the back area and I see Vance's box and I just, I, I, I laugh every time. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a good story. Yeah. Now I, Hey, listen, doctors are patients too. It's good to empathize and understand yeah. what people go through. We go through some harrowing stuff as we get older. Like, like I said, I've had my knee replaced, hip replaced. My shoulder was redone. 
Uh, it sucks getting old, but so I, I, I know the uh, system and uh, I know the situation and how things can can go. And I've been treated well, but uh, it's it's a harrowing experience recovering too. I mean, it's not an easy recovery than the and uh, I never really recovered from multiple ACL reconstructions and um, now yeah. I'm finally pain free. Well, once you get the years. knee replacement, once your knee replacement got done, you know it's funny is I've I've noticed hanging out with you over the years. You know you limped so bad for all those years when your knee was bad. Yeah. And then once you replaced your knee, once you got through rehab and all the chronic pain you had, that once that was done, <laughs> your limp went away. But you keep doing it like out of habit. I'll say I, like, dude, you limp again. You're like, oh yeah. Ever. I blew my knee so, out so in now college. You have to like tell yourself not to limp because you not don't to have limp, to. That's, you, you, just you, do build it. In a, you build in a loop, you know, yeah. and so I, yeah. I, I blew it out in college. I wrestled in college and blew it out there, and I've suffered so many years with it. And then, uh, But then I started getting better, and then I got my hip went bad, so then that limp started. So, I mean, it was, at, at one point, and I was, I was on the other side, my hip. So at one point I was, I was walking like I had like someone like cerebral palsy. So it's hard to retrain yeah, yourself to uh, to walk normal. I have to think about walking. It's insanity. So, yeah, that was a good issue. That was our 10th year. huh? So, uh, that was the last year, I guess, we did that yep. um, uh, journal. Yeah, I was looking well, through it when I was trying to find the article share. to read it today. Do you remember this drug we came up with? Which one? I can't see it. What's the name? Hold on. S-B-A-P-I-A-U. Oh my this, God! It's a drug. You it, it stands for "Stop Being a Pussy." I hate you. <laughs> it's for those guys that are just absolute wussies. That you just, dude, you gotta man up. And so we're gonna give you a drug called S B A P. I hate you. <laughs> There's, is that, it was a is that good, wrong? I found a few. I dug through some old, you know, some old issues trying to find this story to read it today. And uh, I found some pretty good stuff that we can use in, in some of these. But well, anyways. we'll talk. We'll do it next time. We'll make this one short today. I think we're having some connection issues, which I'm gonna have to clean up. Yeah. But um, let's talk some more. We'll do it in maybe another week, and uh, I, I get to share the story about advance to the world. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you All later, right, man. man. Good talking to you. Yeah, we'll see you.